Tonight, we will get a little bit more of what Jesus teaches on how we express our faith in public. And so let me read the passage for us in Matthew chapter 6. We'll be reading verses 1 through 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pray. Lord, I ask now that as we approach your word that you give us insight. Help us, Lord. Help me, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would think well, respond well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if this is a um, universal thing, but I definitely know it's an American thing. We love to receive credit for the things that we do. We love to receive acknowledgement when we do a good thing. I think from the earliest of ages, we are hardwired by our parents' praise that when we do a good thing, we want people to see it and to give us praise. Um, Very frequently, I will walk into my, my house and my youngest daughters will run up to me with their hands behind their back as if they're holding something, and they will hand me a piece of paper with scribbles on it. Now, to them, it's not scribbles. I can maybe make out a flower or a very poorly shaped human, um, maybe a sun in the corner. And they learned a few letters, and they can put dad that looks very horrible, like the D is wonky and the A is all small. And... and they do this almost every single day, right? And um, my wife always gets mad at me because I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's so great. Thank you so much, Millie. I love you too, right? And then I sit on the counter, and then I kind of have to like, let it sit there for like an hour, but then I just throw them away, right? Um, if you literally had one every single day, okay, and they're about the same every time, right? But if she ever sees me, my daughter ever sees me throw them away, it's just like, how dare you? How could you? Right? And so a lot of times my wife says, too, like, I just throw it away. And like, they look in the trash. They're throwing something away. And they see what they just made me. It's in the trash. And they freak out. And I made this for daddy and all this stuff. But why do my kids do that? Why, why do my kids every single day hand me this picture? They don't ever see it again. They should know that it probably gets thrown away. It just disappears. I don't Whatever it is. I, I think it's probably because one time they did that unsolicited, they, they drew me a picture, and I just was so touched by it. You did, you, no one told you to do this? You just thought of me, and you drew me a picture, and you said, I love Dad on it? And your heart just melts, and you leap on this praise, and you, you probably try to do it when the other sisters are around, right, to make them feel guilty, like, this kid is doing it right, be more like her, right? And there's something that happens in the brain, Right? What I did equaled a good 
output. I should do this again, right? And they do it again every single time. Oh, thank you so much, right? They, they kind of, it's like that like adrenaline junkie, but like praise junkie, right? If I do this, my parents are going to love me for it. But as we grow up, we don't really care about making our parents' pictures anymore. But say if we do something really cool, a great accomplishment, we like to put it on social media, right? Um, if you go into my old office, you have my diplomas, my, my college diploma, when I got my bachelor's degree, I got my master's degree. Um, you know, resumes, you want to embellish, right, your accomplishments. There's something good and there's something normal about wanting to be praised. However, when it comes to Jesus' kingdom, when it comes to living for righteousness, there's a warning that Jesus gives about trying to have the attention of other people. And we have to be mindful of this passage that Jesus is talking to Jewish people who were really good about showing the external life of faith. They showed great piety. On the outward, if you're looking at just the outward expressions, you would think like, man, this person really loves God. Imagine a kid who comes to youth group, every song, hands up, Bible open, saying the right things, doing the right things in youth group and church. And you kind of look at that from the outside in, you're like, oh man, that person's a really strong Christian. And that's kind of what happened to Judaism. They had all of these external laws, these external pietistic kind of ways of expressing faith, and Jesus sees right through all of it. As a matter of fact, he sees right through all of our hearts in this room. He knows the hearts that when they sing are crying out with the true heart of faith. And he sees the person who just kind of mumbles the words that they know they should be singing. And he has something to say. And he has something to say. So do me a favor. Look back down at chapter 6, verse 1. What he has to say is this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Something that I learned as a pastor in Christian ministry, that just because you are doing a Christian thing doesn't mean that the normal temptations and sins accustomed in the world are off limits. Guys, if I could be honest, there are a lot of people who are pastors, who are missionaries, who work in Christian ministries, and, and great people who love the Lord, who sacrifice so much, um, I, I can only talk up people who join the ministry. However, there are some who, had, who treat being a pastor or a Christian like they would any other business. They want to be bigger, they want to be better, and they want to do it faster. Bigger, better, faster. And it's really easy as a Christian to do all of these great things for Jesus but simply to do it to make yourself look better. Imagine me, I, I, I go to a, a youth ministry conference once every year. Um, I know these people, they're great people. Uh, the, the conference is called Rooted, right? And I'm with a bunch of other people who are like me. 
Uh, just so you know, I'm pretty rare out in the world. When I go golfing and people ask me what I do, it's not usually met with a lot of like excitement. It's like, oh, oh. Anyways, uh, that's typically what is, happens when I tell people what I do. But imagine I go to this conference and, and I'm with these people who, who kind of know what I do because they do what I do and, and they're all in ministry. And I start saying things like, well, yeah, hey, my, my youth group back home, there's 100 students in the high school ministry, and we have like 150 in the middle school ministry, and, and I'm just saying things that aren't true at all. And I, and I just kind of talk a big game, and I act all confidently. There's a sense in which there's a temptation for people in ministry, like I said, to use what they're doing to give them the type of identity of performance and accomplishment that they desire. And so the point I'm trying to make here before we kind of jump into the passage and, and, and um, invest a little bit is to be aware that a lot of times we can take our earthly and fleshly desires and simply bring those fleshly and earthly desires into the context of our faith. The best example I can give you as a high schooler is is this. And this is probably a little bit indicative of my own high school. In high school, we're always searching for meaning. We're always searching for the the people who we can kind of be liked with, right? We're always looking for our little in-group. We want to feel known. We want to feel seen. We want to feel like we have people who have our backs. And typically, that means that people will fall into little categories, Right? And I'm not trying to be overly labeling here, but I'm just going to throw some generics, okay? So you'll notice that people who all play band in the band tend to find a lot of their friend groups within musical abilities. And you find people who play a lot of sports. They make their friendships, right? And you find the kids who are all about academics. They kind of make their friends. And then you have those church kids who all go to the same youth group or something like that. And you have their little group, right? And it kind of just seems that if we're not careful... In high school, we make a bunch of friends in our youth group and in church because it kind of gives us that identity that we want, you know? And really, we just kind of find ourselves as a different group. They have sports. They have um, academics. We have the gospel, whatever you say, we have Jesus. But can I be honest, though? That, that's an example, though, of if, if, if the only reason why you hang out with these people is because they're the only people who can kind of make you, give you what you want, friendship, the ability not to be lonely, the sense in which we are approaching the kingdom with wrong motives. And so I'm making a long point here to kind of set us up for this passage, but the point I'm making is this. We oftentimes can live out a Christian life for wrong motives. This is why our hearts are so easily deceited. We can come to youth group, do all the trips, go to all the camps, but really it was a faith that was built off of people and not a faith that was built off of Jesus. And this is why Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 1, beware of practicing, in other words, practicing living out your faith, your righteousness before other people. And look what it says there, in order to be seen by them. So apparently, Jesus is responding to people where they would go to the temple, that's where Judaism was practiced, they would give alms to the poor. Do you guys know what alms to the poor is? 
just simply giving money to the poor, right? They would give money to the poor. They would stand aloud. Maybe they'd stand on something like this and they'd be really high up and they'd raise up their hands and they would pray out loud. Then they would go and sing in public and they were doing all of this kind of with one of these things where like maybe you're praying and you kind of have one eye open and you're kind of looking to see who's there. Right? Maybe you come to church, but you're like, oh man, who's here today? Who's even going to see me perform so well? So they're, they're, they're doing all of these things so that they can be seen by others. We come to youth groups so that we can have friends. Now, don't get me wrong. Community is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. We all need it, right? But, but Jesus is giving a warning. This is a warning passage, right? And so let's go on. Verse 1. So the, here's the, the warning. They do this in, in order to be seen. And he says this. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Who is in heaven. So this is very uh, uh, common of Jesus. He, he says this a lot in the Gospels. He says, the people who kind of walk through the motions, who live out their own desires, who are just simply using Christianity to fulfill their own personal agendas, Jesus says this frequently. He says, you have received your reward in full. Right? If, if you want to get high status, friendship, fun, the ability to not be lonely out of Christianity. Okay, you might get that, but that's all you're getting. You happy? Got your reward. But the irony of that is that you're missing out on so much. Right? Um, the other day, I, I teach a, a, a Bible class at Cornerstone. And for my classes, I, I told them um, they didn't have to do their memory verse for their homework. And then I said, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make you do it. We kind of had a deal, and they didn't fall through on their deal. And so little did they know, though, that I wasn't actually going to count it as credit. But anything they wrote down for the verse would just be extra credit, right? And so a lot of them rebelled and just said, no, I'm not doing anything, right? And so in essence, okay, like, you, got, you got what you paid for. You got nothing. But those who actually did this out of a good heart and intention to memorize Scripture, you got the reward, Jesus is saying that a little bit. If you just go through Christianity, going to the motions, not having a heart, like in essence, like your reward isn't that great. You're kind of just wasting your time. But if you have a true heart before the Lord, the Lord will see it. So Jesus goes on and he gives a specific example of what he's talking about here, right? So he's kind of saying, here's a warning. Don't do it. If you do, you receive your reward in full. Like, okay, what are you talking about? Look down at verse 2, right? So here's an example. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you may be so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So apparently what these people are doing is right before they would give money in the offering basket, imagine a play is going by, they'd be like, 
blow the trumpet, it's time for the offering, right? And they, there's, a, there's a really great scene, I think, in the Gospel of John where Jesus is sitting in the temple and he's watching people do this and they're dressed in their nice robes and they have these expensive outfits and they're coming up one by one and they're dropping their treasure in the temple, temple offering plate. And that's just, that's just like, it's, it's a big picture of like, look how much I'm doing for God. Again, what's your reward? That a few other people who are like you, like self-interested, self-motivated people might think more of you? That's all you're getting. That's your reward. So Jesus says, when you give to the needy, don't make a big ruckus about it. Don't go bragging to people. Right? Let's just take a modern example. Oftentimes I'll hear celebrities, they'll be asked, why do you like to donate? Why do you like to serve? Why do you like to volunteer? Not even just celebrities, most people. And they usually will say something like this. I just love the way it makes me feel. I love helping other people. I just love the way it makes me feel. Right? Have you ever been the person or been around the person where they kind of just slip in their accomplishments? Kind of just drop some things about trying to make themselves look good. You know, you're having a conversation, talking about the Seahawks game or something like that. You're like, yeah, man, it's a bummer the Seahawks lost today. Yeah, man, I was pretty sad about that too. But you know what's a big bummer? Is that kids in Mexico, man, they really struggle with having enough proper nutrition. But I was pretty glad that I got to go down to Mexico a few years ago and I, uh, I helped run this whole VBS and I loved these lessons and we had a language barrier and... Where did that come from, man? Right? Or you have to, when you do something a little bit above the extra line that your parents give you, you have to let them know that what you did, right? How many of you can do a good thing and just do a good thing without bragging about it? How many of you can truthfully in your heart say that when it comes to serving God, it doesn't have to be in front of other people. You see, I, I, I'll speak for myself right now. Um, the ministry that I do is limelight. And by limelight, I mean everyone sees it. Everyone sees the pastor preach. Everyone sees the person lead worship. Everyone sees like the leader. And, and I, can I just tell you, that means there is a bigger temptation for me to say, look at me. Too many times I get in the car after I preach a sermon up in church and I look at my wife and the first thing I'm like, so what do you think? What do you think people heard when they heard this? Did you, but at this point though, did it make sense? And she's just like, like, dude, like, give me a second. I just got in the car, right? Why? Why do I do that? I think there's some godly ambition there. I want people to hear a good sermon. I want to make sure that it's connecting. I want to get better. But if I'm being honest... There's probably some human ambition there. I want people to think of me as a good preacher. I want people to think of me as smart. I want people to think of me as fill in the blank. And that's limelight ministry. Everyone sees you. But the thing that I, I think what's most beautiful about the kingdom is that the things that you do in secret that no one sees, the Lord sees. 
So imagine with me a guy at the end of his life, maybe he's retiring, and he's just been known for being a good guy. And he's a community leader. And imagine you are this person, male or female, whatever. Imagine you accomplish something that would just leave a legacy for your community for decades to come. Matter of fact, your accomplishment is so great. City Hall and the mayor want to have a ceremony and have a little party just to celebrate and honor you for all the hard work you've done for the community, all the good and the hours of service you've given into. And there's this great party and they bring you down to town hall and they have this big picture and balloons and cake and they're taking photos. And as you're walking in, everyone's kind of going into this great room to have this party and, and, and you see someone. And you see that they're having a, a tough day. And maybe they're there's even tears in their eyes or stress in their face. And as everyone's going in, you say, hey, one second, I'll be there in a second. I have, to, I have to take care of something really quick. And as everyone walks away, when no one is looking, you walk up to this person and you say, sorry, I don't want to intrude, but is everything okay? This person begins to share a really hard thing that happens and you listen. And you ask if you could pray for them. And the person seems relieved, a little human touch, a little human generosity. And you go back into this party where it's literally about your greatness, about the good things you've done. I promise you that when you get to heaven one day and the Lord says, hey, do you want to see a great thing you did? You'll be tempted to say, oh, yeah, remember that time at City Hall and the mayor and the big party? He's like, yeah. Exactly. And you're like, uh-huh, we're tracking Jesus. You're like, yeah, go back to that day. And he points, and you're like, yep, see, the party right there. You're like, no, no, no. This thing right here. When you went and talked to that person, and you prayed for them, and no one saw you, this was a great thing. This was a great thing. Matter of fact, maybe the greatest thing. And this is what it's like to be in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, it's all about who? The king. We no longer get to make it all about us. We no longer call the shots. We, We are humble servants who used to be enemies who are now brought in. So we no longer come here and say, look at me, look how great I am. And everything we do, as we read in Colossians 3 earlier, Whether we say or in our actions, we are to glorify the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. And so Jesus here is saying, when you do anything, and the example here is give, don't do it so that people may think more of you. Do it because you care about pleasing your Father. Don't, don't go on in your Christianity thinking that if you come to youth group a little bit more or if you read your Bible more than the next person or if you memorize a lot of scripture or if you sing the songs that God somehow is going to wink at you a little bit more than the next person. Don't think that just because I'm in youth, I'm volunteering my time for God that he's going to give me a better life. Jesus says, no. 
Matter of fact, it's impossible to do this. I think it's a very interesting illustration. He says, when you get to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. How is that impossible? My brain knows what's in my left hand. But I kid you not, I remember in high school, I watched a friend. The plate was being passed in church. He takes out his takes up some money in his hand, crumples it up in his pocket, puts it tightly in his fist, and when the basket comes, puts his hand all the way in, drops the money, and it just looked like a very dramatic way of putting money in a basket. And I was like, later asked him, like, dude, what the heck was that all about? And he quoted this verse. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, again, I don't think Jesus is being literal here. I think he's making a point. Serve God for God's sake. Not for the good feelings that it makes you feel when you donate or when you, you know, help a little orphan kid. When you, when you approach someone out of love, how you could pray for them. Don't do it so that person might like you more. Right? Don't come to youth group simply because it's the pressure. Don't read your Bible because you're supposed to. Do it because... You desire to please the king, that you love him, and that you obey him. So it's a few things, and I'm kind of just talking through this passage, but let me give you just three, three big takeaways, okay? Three big takeaways. First is this. When you are tempted to show your Christianity, you need to hide it. When you're tempted to show your Christianity... You need to hide it. So if you're one of those people, or you, like, like my little daughters, they just, you like praise. You like people thinking high things of you. If you're tempted during small groups or when your parents ask about the faith just to like say things to look good, you, know, you need to be more mindful of actually not just expressing a, a light and superficial you know, Christianity. So if you're tempted to show your faith, you need to kind of hide it a little better. And, you know, Jesus will actually talk about this a little bit more next week when he talks about praying. He says, go to the closet, right? So don't practice your faith by having everyone have to see you, right? Sometimes your faith is just practice between you and the Lord. Yeah, but if I'm being honest, though, I don't think this is probably the struggle of most people in this room. It might be the the struggle of some. And so my second point is this. If you're tempted to hide your faith, you should show it. Now, this point to me is always very interesting. Jesus is saying, don't practice your righteousness before people. Don't do it. Don't don't just simply and, you know, look at me, I'm a Christian. He's like, Jesus is like, don't do that, Right? But look what he says in chapter 5, right? We went over this passage. Look at verse, chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. I mean, that's very public. A city on a hill in the dark, people see that, right? That's what Jesus said. This is what you're like. Right, look at verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So I'm like, Jesus, which one is it? Do I show my light or do I hide my light? 
right? So the first point, if you're tempted to show it, like, look at me, look how great I am, right? I'm a good Christian, I say all the right things, hide it. But if you're tempted to hide it, where you don't bring up Jesus a lot, where people would be surprised to hear that you are a Christian, or in certain situations where the conversation never turns to Jesus, where the conversation never turns a page to what does Scripture calls to do, Jesus says, show it. So, first point, if you are tempted to show, you should hide. If you're tempted to hide, you should show. Third point is this. Do me a favor, look back down at verse three and four. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Third point is this. Audience of one. Always have an audience of one. When you are a Christian and you follow the king, the person that you are always mindful of, most mindful of, only mindful of, is our Heavenly Father. Guys, when you are alone, when you're drifting off to sleep with your thoughts, how you treat your siblings or your parents or your friends, the things you look at on your phone and on your computer, God is there. He sees everything. And don't get me wrong. I don't want you guys to think like it's wrong to ever have someone come up to you and say like, hey, I saw what you did you helped that person or you responded very graciously and I was super encouraged. It's not wrong ever to receive good feedback and encouragement. But here's the thing. If you ever do something out of faith, do it because you are pleasing your audience of one, your heavenly father. Do it because you want to honor Christ, the king. Do it not because it can make you look better or you can get something out of someone or because it just it makes you feel good. Audience of one, right? And so when we sing songs, if you are tempted to sit there and kind of, you know, let's imagine non-COVID, non-COVID days and you're tempted to kind of like not sing that loud because you're afraid of what the person thinks of you next to you. Audience of one. Audience of one, Right? If, 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 there's a, if there's a prayer meeting at school somewhere but you're afraid of going because of what some friends may think of you, audience of one, my heavenly father, right? If you're just trying to say the right things to get people to like you, don't forget the Lord sees everything. He sees your motives. And the sad thing of this passage is, is that one, it's a warning that if we don't actually learn to think mostly about living a life under the eye of our Heavenly Father, our reward will simply be a few people who we probably won't talk to in 10, 20 years from now might think of us a little better. So we all like praise. We all like being seen. We all like being noticed. But here's the best thing you can say. Here's the best, here's the good news. That right now, if you have Christ, you are seen. You are known. You are fully loved. 
a matter of fact, right now, because of Christ, you have perfect righteousness. Imagine a person who never once sinned, who preached the best sermons, who helped the poor, who was caring and loving and kind and tender-hearted, who fed the hungry, who walked on water. Imagine that person's credit being yours. And here's the, here's the beauty of the gospel. That with our faith in Jesus, that's what the Heavenly Father sees. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of the gospel, that because of Christ, Lord, um, we are seen, we are known, we are loved. And Lord, we do confess, Lord, at times, um, God, we use the Christian faith simply as a tool to give us what we want. Um, God, I think many of us need to think this week, Lord, about whether or not our faith is built off of Jesus or if it's built off of people who claim to follow Jesus. Um, Lord, we thank you for community and for friendship, but Lord, I pray that it would be no substitute for truly knowing Jesus as our own. And Lord, many times we also need to confess, God, when we are tempted to hide our faith. God, we're embarrassed of what people may think of us. We're scared of the opinions of others. But Lord, help us to fear you. Help us, Lord, to have you be our audience of one. Help these students, God, to have the faith this week to not be a Christian because it's the right thing to do. God, they wouldn't come to youth group or read their Bible because it might get them to be looked like, looked at better by other people. But Lord, it would be because they know that in their hearts they have sin, that they have wronged you, Lord, that they have turned away, that we all have turned away from you, but Lord, that they know that in Jesus, because he lived the life we couldn't live and he died the death that we deserved, we can have forgiveness. We can experience new joys, new, new passions, new desires, desires that please you and honor you. So Lord, give us strength this week. Help us, God, help us, Lord, to be people who live in this kingdom and who don't make it about us, but who make it all about Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, thanks for being here. Um, we will have youth group next Sunday, but the Sunday after, we are going to take a little break uh, for Thanksgiving weekend. Um, there's some chips if you want to grab one for the road home, and we'll see you guys next week.